the Tillcast episode five five zero. Stick a finger in it. Ooh, yeah. And, and this week, guys, we talk more Diablo four and a bunch of game news between PC Game Show and the Xbox Showcase. Stay tuned. Finger that bone. He's uh, muted too. <laughs> it's the Tiltcast. It is the Tiltcast. And then he came in on mute. It is Saturday, June 17th. It's an M rated show. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. Fuck you, Rusty. I'm Rusty, and you loved it. And the three of us, we have no time limit on the bullshit. Um, some yeah. games and mostly news today. So format to be flipped around a little bit as, you know, we had to go through the summer game show kind of stuff. Um, so that's what we got coming up a little bit later in the show. But getting started, anybody have? Well, I mean, let's face it. The chief reason behind that is we've all been playing one game. Oh, well, yeah. We've all been playing Diablo. Ooh, Diablo. And we've all been. Oh, Diablo 4. We've all been busy. Like we all, uh, we've all. Have all of us been smoking food today? Uh, I, I, I had you. You yes. have. I have. Jason, did you smoke anything? No, but I did grill it. He's <laughs> oh. okay. What did you? What did you grill? I just grilled burgers at lunch. It was just me and two of the kids, so it was like. Yeah, but home grilled yeah, burgers are a thousand. Fast. Yeah, they're a thousand times better than anything you get at any burger restaurant. Right. Like, there's just no comparison. Even the really good comparison. burgers are pretty okay, but, like, having a good home-grilled burger is, like, just nothing well, beats it for the simplicity and the taste. That that depends on what you're in the mood for. Like, you know, sure, a grilled burger and a smoked burger always have their, always have their place, right? And it will always taste great. But... Sometimes there's just no replacement for, especially if you got somewhere like, um, like an Arnold's. Arnold's or Ron's. We uh, both said Arnold's at the same time, so you guys know that this is a very good place locally. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, it, like, as far as I'm concerned, one of the for... best semi-national chains is Whataburger. Yeah, Whataburger. Yeah. Whataburger. Just yeah, if you want a thin a Just thin burger, then that thin griddle burger. Shit, you know what that means? What we need to do? Uh, so oh. Rusty's been talking about coming down. We're gonna do several different food choices, but one of the things we need to do is we need to do some Oklahoma onion burgers. Oh yeah, I haven't done those in a while. I mean, we live here; it's supposed to be kind of a thing here, but we like to grill, and you need to do it on a on a blacktop. Or on a flat top to do it properly. Like, if you put it on a grill, you're going to lose some onions. Yes. Um, so, we should do that. That sounds really good. Yes. Um. So, ideas mm. for food. I might be getting a hasty bake. Um, I know the that's super. What is that? Uh, it's a specialty smoker. Um, I don't. There's a couple of different restaurants in town that use them. They're, it's a big box with a. Fire the fire pit in it raises and lowers, and it's made out of like high thick grade steel. Oh, um, oh, and, I'm looking at it. Oh God, uh, they're about a, they're about twelve hundred bucks. But, Those are, but they're ooh. amazing, and they uh, like you you basically offset smoke. It doesn't have a smoke box, 
but you put your shit to smoke with, and it doesn't take that much fuel. That's the one thing that's really nice about it. Offset smokers just eat through fuel. Um, even I got better. I got some better fuel for mine today. I said, keep saying fuel, like charcoal and wood, right? Instead of Kingsford. Kingsford's not bad, but it burns ha- it burns fast. And if you're doing a long smoke, like I made a brisket last weekend, it took me two and a half bags. Um, I made a pork butt today. It only took me a half a bag of this shit you get that's like medium grade called cowboy. Um, so it's that plus a few hickory logs. Uh, but I smoked a pork yes. butt all day today. And you made See, ribs. I, I went, I did uh, two racks of ribs and a pork tenderloin, a, a bacon wrap pork tenderloin. Uh, I did that in the uh, the in the pit boss, and it only took maybe like a quarter of a bag of uh, of pellets. Uh, and I'm just I'm just using the uh, the championship blend pellets. Uh, you know, when you're learning to smoke, there's a pellet I think is good because you don't have to worry about the temp control. Um, you can kind of set it and forget it, essentially, right? Go in there and spritz it with whatever you want to put on it, whether it be apple cider vinegar or a little little butter based in it or whatever you want to do. That's the only time you're peeking in there. But you know if you set that at 225, it's going to stay at 225 the entire time as long as it's got pellets. And that, and if you're... Uh, if you're... Uh, temperature gauge is is right. You gotta you gotta keep checking it every so often. And mine is, it's not the good uh, uh, pit boss where the fire uh, fire pots in the middle. Um, so I have to. Uh, it's on the left hand side, so I have to you know turn whatever pe- uh, cut of meat that I'm cooking halfway through the cook just to make sure that it's cook even, uh, cooking evenly. You know, I'm gonna Which end. Is, I don't not, not like my offset smoker. I got a a decent Dynex like offset smoker that mm-hmm. my dad got for my birthday a few years back. Um, kind of almost like a house. Like I had a I had a smoker, but it rusted through really bad. And he found a deal on it. It was like four hundred bucks or something like that, and put that in my backyard. And uh, I put it's like the best starter barbecue thing you can get because it goes from being like a really average smoker to being an amazing smoker because it's got really thick doors on it. And I took like that welder's heat tape and put it around the door so the smoke doesn't sneak out. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just, it, it fucking, it does, it does some work. But the firebox is not real big and it's kind of far from the, you know, the smoke chamber, right? It's a big vertical smoke chamber. And that big vertical smoke chamber with that box takes, like I said, like if I want to smoke something all day, that's easily like half a bag of charcoal, right? And several sticks of wood. It's a lot. You can spend a lot more on the hasty bake, but like every time I do a brisket, right, I'm, I'm spending $20 in charcoal every single time mm-hmm. I do a brisket. And I smoke something at least, I say at least, at least every two weeks, but oftenly, often once a week. So, you know, it adds up. After a while, after a while, you know, and the amount of time that I've spent with it, like I've easily spent the amount of money that it would have cost me to get a hasty bake and a hasty bake, you don't, you put maybe a quarter of that fuel in. Um, in fact, it's so good. Like you can close the vents on that thing, lower the fire firebox down, and then it'll put itself out. 
And you can, like, Dad literally reuses the same fuel over and over and over again because it takes hardly anything to get that thing hot. So you can put, like, a chunk of hickory mm. in there and a little pile of charcoal, and as long as it's staying lit, like, it's that's all the heat it needs because it's super efficient. Um, that, that'd be nice. And you, it's nice. got a really big surface area. It's not like, you know, those trailer smokers or anything. I'm not going to put a whole hog on it. But it's got mm-hmm. as much surface area as this table that I'm sitting around, which nobody can see but you guys. Right, right, right. That's... I don't need. I don't necessarily need anything that big. That's the, and that was the reason why I decided to go with the uh, with the pellet. Is yeah, it's like a, it's easy to work with, uh, and, and b, um, it's. I don't do a whole lot of smoking, but when I do, it's like, you know, a couple of racks of ribs, or I'll throw a, a pork butt on there or something, you know, and you know, do that. It's. You know what I need is I just need a, a smoker for the long cooks, and I want to get myself a uh, a blackstone, like a small blackstone, just a you know a griddle style uh, gas griddle uh, for basically like cooking burgers or you know you know heating up some sausages or whatever you know something quick, uh, <clears throat> you know being able to do some some grilled veggies and stuff like that right that that would be the you know the the play um eventually once i get everything all set up i want to get myself one of the uh the stackers you know the uh like the smokestack style offset yeah Um, i can i can show you the one i have it's fairly inexpensive for what you get out of it right and this is kind of like a barrel uh, almost that's an offset with a barrel uh top Right, that Mine, you know, that of, would be the kind of stuff that you would uh, you would do, like the really slow, uh, you know, smoking style stuff. So, well, I've I've made twenty briskets in it, and I God knows how many pork butts in it. Like the one mm-hmm. today was one of those weird ones where, so I was supposed to get up early. Me and Rusty are gaming on Diablo last night, and I was like, you know what, we can't podcast. Last night, because Rusty has a migraine and, you know, like, not going to podcast through a migraine, but you're kind of just talking for a second. I was like, I'm going to go visit my friend at the bar. Mm-hmm. What that turns into is seven Guinnesses later, it's like 1230. I'm like, shit, I got to leave. Um, I got to get up early. And I'm telling my friend, I was like, hey, I'm just going to have to see you later. I've got to smoke a pork butt. She's like, don't you got to get up early for that? And I was like, yeah, I do. And so... I came home with the, all the intention in the world of waking up at 5.30. And uh, I sort of did, but I didn't remember why I was waking up so early on a Saturday for. <laughs> and so I went back to sleep. And then I woke up at 7. I was like, fuck, I gotta, I've got a, almost a nine-pound pork butt i got to throw on the grill. And I haven't even cleaned out the grill. So, like, I stumbled out basically in my boxers in the backyard, like, cleaning out the grill. Like, as soon as my eyes opened and I figured out what was going on, I was like, Fuck. Mm. Um, I threw the pork butt in there and uh, I realized I didn't thaw early enough so when I threw it in the smoker it had been thawing for two days because I got it we have these meat sales here and it's been in my freezer for like a month and a half but I started thawing it on Thursday and when I put the probe in it it said 31 degrees I was like fuck this is a big pork butt this is going to take a long time um so I got her going 
and all damn day, like I was being doing the patient thing. Like I, I didn't even like I seasoned it right. I didn't do any kind of extra basting or anything because I didn't want to lose any temp inside there at all. I was like, I'm just praying to God this thing gets done. And it got, you know, I got on there at 7:45. It took till 2:30 before it got to like 165. And I was like, looked at it. The finally opened it up to look at it. And it's like, okay, it's got good bark. Thank God. And I wrapped it in butcher paper, like a double wrapped, you know, meat present, tossed it back in there and then cranked it up from 225. And this is probably like bad meat science, but it worked for me. And I cranked it up to like 290 and watched it like all afternoon. It got to like, like I was supposed to be there at six. My parents live at 30 minutes away and it's 530 and it says 189. And I was like, fuck me, this is not going to be good. It needs to get to like 203. I was like, I hope it's good. And then I, I took it, threw it in a cooler, threw, threw it in like two layers of tin foil and a towel and just headed out there, hoped everything was great. And I told my dad, I was like, hey, I know we're celebrating Father's Day today. I'm sorry if this sucks. He's <laughs> like, I'm sure it'll be fine. And I'd been sitting in the cooler for about 35 minutes, popped it on the table, hoping that like, you know, it was like, I'll test the bones, see if the bone's even loose. I grabbed the shoulder blade and it just pulls out. I was like, fuck yeah. Stick my finger in it and my finger just goes all the way through the meat. I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm lucky. 189 <laughs> is not when I wanted to pull it. And all I can think is maybe the probe was just in a difference. Like maybe I put the probe in a spot that was so fatty that, you know, like it was only getting part of the temperature. He stuck his finger in it. I did. Well, <laughs> no. Not necessarily that as much as because the because the meat was still frozen. So we're going to go back to meat science a mm. little bit. You you had additional moisture in the meat to burn off internally. That's true. Because it was still frozen. So but because you did cook it uh, long and slow, all of that moisture evenly distributes and then evaporates and then you flash heat after it was technically to cook temperature at 165 you flash heat it right for the additional 24 degrees or whatever and and then you immediately wrapped it well to give it heat retention and put a cooler that's going to add additional heat retention so it just finished the cooking process in the cooler while you drove to your parents' house. Yeah, I was going to try to rest it an hour, but I didn't have enough time to. No. Yeah. You didn't need to at that point. No, because you, because it had all of that additional moisture in there and everything, when you wrapped it, because I guarantee you there was still moisture in it when well, you went I've, to wrap it. I'm one of those and people And then you that... wrapped it, and it just finished itself off, basically. I baste a lot of stuff in butter, so when I wrap, I found butter just has a good flavor. I know a lot of people use the apple cider vinegar. I do that sometimes, too, because to, the vinegar kind of helps break stuff down, right? But um, I usually just take a stick of butter and put it in little slices, you know, little pads, throw that on the bottom, throw the meat on top of that, and then take the other half of the stick and put it on top when I wrap to give it a little bit of extra, you know, fat. Um, and it always seems to do well. Uh, yeah, I do butter on everything. In fact, Jason came over one week, and I was trying to, I was trying to slather butter on some burgers to make them like extra moist, right? And 
I took like two sticks of butter and melted it and then used a little brush and painted these burgers on both sides with butter. And of course, the butter hardens at room temperature pretty quick. So by the time I was finished it and I had taken them outside, they were just like these solid globs of butter wrapped beef, yep. basically. And then, uh, you know, the butter hit the fire. The fire hit and caramelized the butter. And it was just like a, it was a fat feast. Like, those were so good. Oh, oh they were. <laughs> they were just like butter, butter-soaked burgers that had caramelized, like caramelized butter all over the burger. Um, oh, it was such a, it was oh, such it was a good so idea. so good. I mean, we should I do a whole other, you know, you know, when we finally get serious about this, like, I think there's going to be like an offshoot episodes of crazy meat science bullshit that we do, you know, non-professional, not non-professional cooks that actually cook. Okay. Because we are all have been at least single for a while. Right. Like Russ, you've been all single the longest. Been fucking fat bastards at some point. And, right. Uh, and we had to learn how to cook and, and actually like what we cook. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The Fat Bastards podcast. Well, I don't know if that's a thing, some, but three fat bastards. Be. Yeah, some of us were brought up that way and taught to cook that way. Yeah, well, I mean, I was I, taught to cook with a you know, taught to cook for an army. So I wasn't, I wasn't taught to grill until I got the house. To be honest with you, like I used oh. to grill a little bit um, when I'd watch my parents' house, and it was just me experimenting. I used to be an awful cook, honestly. Um, the only thing I could cook was Mexican food. And not even the shit that you grill, right? Like, not even carne asada. Like, I could make enchiladas, I could make tamale and persole, um, and mole, and that's it. Um, and then, like, once I got the grill and I got this house, Dad would come over here sometimes and, like, show me something, right? Or I'd get a smoke started, and he'd kind of walk me through what to do. And so, like, all of that, plus, you know, living in a house, and then, especially with the pandemic... The pandemic just like multiplied my smoking skills like crazy. Like the last three years have been smoking like crazy, smoking food. Um, and, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I've, got, was... I've just exponentially gotten better because it is not that hard for me to be plan out my meetings and everything for the day and have five minutes to check on a grill or know what I'm doing later on in the week and know this is the day that I can smoke food and then smoke food all day while I work. Like, it's so awesome. Like, it, where, he's not exaggerating, though. Before he bought the house, it was bad enough that our first few, like, tribe birthdays, him and Trent were like, all right, we're going to buy the meat. You're just going to cook it. Yeah, I think you cooked most of the time. Mm -hmm. I did. Like, we went to our friend's wedding. So we had a friend that got married, and I remember our friend Sean Paul like had you grill like 150 burgers or something stupid like that. Oh, oh yeah. God. It was. Yeah. I, I had, remember. I had carted out my big ass smoker in the, in the back of my truck out to, out to this park for this wedding reception. And literally instead of smoking, I just Filled the bottom of the barrel with charcoal, and I just sat there and grilled burgers the entire fucking time. Yeah. Yeah, you grilled a fuckload of burgers that day. I remember getting, nuts. you know, getting called to uh, to do uh, beer brats all the fucking time. 
Oh, yeah, because once you figured that out, I mean, that is one thing that those are pizza rolls. It, once you <laughs> figured out the beer brats, though, man, that was you got that down to a perfection. Well, I think mm. part of it is like I was I used to be 130 pounds heavier. Um, right. Easy. And at that point, all I did is I worked nights and I go through like Burger King or McDonald's drive through or Brahms or Wendy's or whatever get like fucking bacon cheeseburgers and like large fries and drink. I literally drank a liter of Coke a day. Um, liter of Coke. Literal liter it. of Coke every single day. And I got to the point where like fucking nothing fit. Like even my shoes were getting tight. Like it was getting bad. <laughs> <laughs> my feet were getting fat. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and then I started doing keto. Um, I lost a decent chunk of that within a year honestly yeah and then, keto does you know does it like and then i had to, i basically did keto about the same time and started losing a bunch yeah and then i have a friend of mine who was like 600 pounds that went down to like 200 yeah um, he's fucking crazy like he's a goddamn he's a you know he's a champion man <laughs> yeah but he also hit the gym really hard too yeah he did. Uh, after he got the that first uh uh, 100, 150 pounds off. He hit the gym really hard. Well, you've got all that extra energy now. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, honestly. Like, all of us, like, lost a bunch of weight, and then you have to learn to cook to do keto mm -hmm. because you have to start making all your food instead of eating out. And then I stopped drinking sugary drinks, and then, you know, rest is history. Now we're just chubby. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I, I've just... I've just started, you know, getting into the, uh, the, the, the good feeling of actually doing, you know, doing some workout. I'm not like hitting the fucking gym or anything, but just doing pushups and squats now. Uh, cause I think I've talked the boss into not going stupid on pushups every hour. Well, uh, we're going to get up to 20, uh, 20 pushups and do squats. I've noticed a difference, like, you know, I'm not saying welcome to the gun show yet, but, like, I went and mm -hmm. saw my friend at the bar, and she's like, you've been working out. I was like, yeah. She's like, you used to be a fat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I was like, well, thank we've all you, been fast, but we're all fat bastards. But, but yeah, I mean. She teased me and gave me a bunch of shit, and I got my first beer free, so whatever. There you go. But, um, yeah, it seems to work out. Phrasing. Yeah. Um, all that aside, though, yeah, well, we've been. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, but that aside, yeah. we've still been playing a hell of a lot of Diablo 4. <laughs> yeah. Two of we're us both trying to segue. Yeah. Two of us have already beat it and are working on alts. Um, me and Rusty both beat it pretty close to the same amount. Rusty beat it first, and then I beat it. And then we've been playing, I've been playing the, a little bit of the, what's that, the Tree of what? Uh, oh, the, uh, Tree of Whispers. Tree of Whispers quest, which those are pretty fun. Um, and I've started that gear grind. But then I was like, you know what? I, I really want to play another character and see what the play style's like. So I started a druid and started doing this weird hybrid build thing where I do a lot of, like, um, melee shit, a whole bunch of lightning shit, and it's really fun. And then you started a rogue and started some crazy trap build where you crit, like, everything on the screen. And then Jason had a really shitty rogue build and then, like, basically followed your build and is now kind of on the same build. But we've been playing it like crazy. Yeah, I don't, well, it's hard to tell like yeah. how many hours you have in Diablo. 
So there's no so good like, ways to play or no good ways to figure that out. But I would say the main campaign probably takes about fifty or sixty hours, if I had to guess. Nah, it's probably more like thirty-five. You think we, it's just, we just hit the uh, the the side quests pretty hard? Yeah, I if you start put act one until it's like forty. Aside, if if you put the side quests aside, like through act one, I was doing a bunch of side quests, and I think that ended up taking me around sixteen hours to finish act one, and then I realized. Uh, I'm just slowing myself way down. And I hit campaign two pretty, or act two pretty damn hard starting uh, starting last weekend, and I finished it today. Well, and I played maybe uh, eight hours this week in total. So, I mean, that's. That's pretty damn good, and I'm about, just today, I'm probably a third of the way through Act 3. Well, then hopefully you'll get your mount soon, and that's a pretty big game changer. Um, that is. That's what I started shooting for. I but you're totally right on my, um, on my rogue build, and I ended up kind of following, following Rusty's build without... I didn't even realize it. Rusty and I didn't even talk about it till after I'd already made the switch. But I struggled like the first eight levels of Rogue because I was trying to do more, more rangy stuff. Mm -hmm. And apparently that's not the way and to play Rogue, huh? No. As soon as I started hitting some pretty decent elites and bosses, realized pretty quickly that was not the way to go. And switched all the range shit for traps. Yeah. Traps and, and flurry, man. Traps, flurry, and shadow imbuement, and shit melts. I don't do shadow. I do um, I do poison imbuement. Oh, you're doing poison? Yep. Yeah, Everything I went, is poison. I went shadow because of the uh, <clears throat> explosions and enemy vulnerability. And Justin saw some of this. I jumped in his game night before last to help him with with a tough spot he was in. And I went in there and shit just started exploding. It was great. Um, plus, you, get, you also start getting it uh, once you open up... Uh, uh, death traps, which are which are shadow and human anyway. Um, you get the two working together, and it it wrecks mobs. Um, plus, will do damage over time to elites and bosses. I'm uh, I just I poison the fuck out of everything, but it's uh. My my build is very it's it's extremely mobile. Uh, so what I will do most of the time is I will uh, shadow step in you know into a pack, which stuns something, does a little backstab, in a really quick motion I will drop a poison trap and then uh, throw my caltrops. The caltrops make me bounce backwards, 
and it stuns every it slows everything and then the caltrops also drop stun grenades which stuns everything in the poison trap so it's taking damage from the poison trap and it's stunned and then i will dodge in and when i dodge i drop more grenades to you know to stun whatever was around me and then i just you know I hit something three times and then I hit flurry and I have a, an imbuement or a, I have a hit poison imbuement and my flurry has uh, a, a legendary affix that basically allows me to uh, flurry in a uh, 360 degrees. Ooh, I need that. Damn. That, so, so now instead of just being a cone in front of you, it is you know, in a in a circle around you, basically, is and that, it does more damage. Is that a weapon or an armor giving you that? Uh, it is. It's in a. It's on an, a weapon, and uh, you can actually do a uh, a dungeon for it. So, uh, when you do the dungeon, I mean, it, it can it can roll uh, an additional. 8% damage to an additional 15% damage on flurry but it's not it's not the extra damage that you're looking for it's it's the ability to hit everything in a circle around you exactly uh, so um yeah i would just look for that you know look for that in your collections uh and that's another neat thing about diablos is if there's a uh uh, something that you would normally find on a legendary. Not all of the th things that you can find for your class is available through a dungeon, but a lot of the base ones that are build defining are, and uh, you can actually go and you know do that dungeon and then add that at the base level. So if it's eight to fifteen, you'll always get eight percent. Um, but you can add it to whatever you know, whatever piece that you want as many times as you want, as long as you've got the materials for it. Um, I, th I think which... the part about like, if you have a good role, so like something I learned is in, there's always a range on whatever the percentage is on whatever that legendary attribute is. Right. So like for me, it's like a uh, blood spear will hit at an additional 24%, right. Or it'll say like 16 to 24% or something like that. Right. So a low roll on that might be 16%, and of course a high roll might be 23%, right? And if I find one that's like 23%, but it has bad stats in the item, I can just remove that legendary attribute and save it for when I get a good roll weapon and then apply right. it later. And I found that instead of removing that attribute on all things that have something I want, I'm only removing it on the stuff that's a good roll, which has saved me a lot of money. Um, and then I'm just like holding on to that until I find a weapon that has great stats that I want right. to attach that to, or it has great stats, but the wrong legendary attributes so I can replace it. But I like that aspect of, oh, well, you know, you got this role on this item, but it's not exactly what you want. Let's take this thing that's hard to get and save that for later for when I have a weapon I want to use it on. And I think right. that is pretty awesome, um, way but to manage that. And becomes... I don't know of any other games that do something like that. Yeah, it just makes it consumable, so you only get to do that once. Right, so, so, so you save it um, for something good. Right. And hope that something 
you know, better doesn't just drop the next time it, something drops for you. But, uh, you know, like it's it encourages you to like use it, right? Like because you have so much inventory. So at a certain point, it's like, okay, well, let's use this mostly good item um, because now I'm just super min-maxing, right? Like it's hard to get the perfect roll item. Occasionally you do, but it's it's not a norm. But at least this helps you get closer to that by being able to kind of custom build some of your items for your characters. And a lot of these like builds that we're talking about, like these legendary attributes, play a big role in it. Like I have a really – so the blood the blood necromancer is kind of vanilla on its own without the legendary attributes. But if you get good legendaries, it turns into a game changer of a necro. I probably won't ever hit the numbers that Rusty does with his rogue at the same level, right? But my survivability is crazy. Um, he just doesn't die. Um, I can sit there and just face tank like bullshit, like severe bullshit, and I've got like an 80% resistance to everything, and everything I'm doing is generating some kind of barrier on my character. And he has an insane amount of health, an insane amount of resistance. Like he just doesn't die, and he does really good damage. It's not like rogue level damage, but I can kill a lot of shit pretty fast and pretty consistently. Um, and nothing's been an incredible challenge to my necromancer right now. Like if I've, I know I have to get to a certain point before I can go to tier four, but like, I feel like he could do tier four because I can just take on a whole army of elites with him and not die. It, it's crazy. Like we're just sitting there bullshitting on discord I'm just sitting here seeing stacks of potions drop because I still haven't used one because I'm always refilling my health because he's a vampire. <laughs> like he just, yeah. he's just sucking up everybody else's health all the time. Like my AOE literally sucks everybody else's health and does it as damage. And I can he's hit that AOE over suck. and over and over again. And then it's the word suck way too much. Yeah. He's, he sucks in a good he way. Is, he's a, he's a, he's a soul sucker. He's got a, Got it some big old. Uh, there's no, there's no vernacular for DSL of the hands, is there? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. DSL of no. the hands. <laughs> we sausage finger. No, you don't want sausage fingers. No, you don't want sausage fingers. I mean, certain people want sausage fingers in that in that capacity. Mm, mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. It just makes it look smaller. <laughs> if their fingers are as big as dicks, they're too big. Whoa. Dick fingers. It sounds like Where do we go? Where, where do we, we go, go wrong? Here? Where do we go from here? <laughs> and on to something completely different. Ah. <laughs> uh. I can't. Uh, do, I can't do the uh, seal hands like Rusty can. Oh the. Oh, I don't know. I I can't. Um, my uh, my. You can't amplify yeah. it. It just sounds like you're, you're whacking off I, a micro penis. Well, micro penis. My, my micro penis. It's uh. This is why we did late night shows because we got fucking loopy. Right. Oh, well, it's my little smoky. All right. Wow! <laughs> Look, just wow. The my noise gate is not letting me uh, uh, showcase my supple hands. His, uh, his supple fat noises. I'm doing. I'm like. 
and I, you're, I don't you're, know if it's, you're, it's even coming like through. You're, you're vigorously, you're vigorously stroking like a one inch dick is what it sounds like. <laughs> it's where you have to like cup and pull up because like there's nothing to grab on. Oh jeez! Wow. <laughs> Wish we had the video. Odd. Oh, oh my God. Well, it's 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 not yeah. like that. Uh, oh. I can assure you. <laughs> Jason, back me up. <laughs> I'm, I'm staying out of this one. All right, all right, all right. So, all right. Diablo, so Diablo's pretty good. Uh, Diablo is good. Diablo is very good. It's please, worth the money. Please talk about Diablo from here on out. <laughs> I mean, in in a year of broken ass fucking game releases, Diablo so far is the best release this year by I far. I, I, I've I've heard that uh, that Dead Island game is probably you know decent. But I haven't played that because zombies. Um, I played Diablo because it's not specifically only zombies, though there are zombies in it. Um, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of zombies. But Diablo's always been more demons. Vara demon I've, I've seen a few articles where some people are complaining that it's too dark. I think it's the exact dark fantasy I like. I. Uh, it's a little bit on the cheesy side, right? But I, I, I appreciate it. I'm like I'm all right with it. Like I like I I've seen enough of uh you know of of the game. There's there's still some uh, like tile sets, I guess I could call it, that I haven't seen before. Uh, but most of uh most of those uh tile sets are something that you can you know that is reused a couple times in the game um i'm i'm it always comes back to the entrails uh you know that the uh the dungeon that is entrails and fucking spider legs um yeah it stands out to me because that shit's gross um but i just did a uh I just did a fucking dungeon the other day, you know, just earlier today that was basically a church dedicated to Diablo. And I'm like, this is actually fucking, you know, cool looking. Um, you know, I like the, you know, the, you know, the dark grittiness. There is a lot of death. Like if you was, if you was to just look at the, alive you know the people that are alive in sanctuary at this time like all the npcs that are alive and then you just count the amount of dead bodies that are everywhere yeah this is an apocalyptic event <laughs> there is there is probably not enough uh diversity in the gene pool for humanity to continue um there is just a stupid amount of death and decay and you know dead bodies everywhere um right but the storytelling in the game is good oh but i mean the storytelling is great uh the storytelling is um this is this 
please tell me. Please tell me that that came through. Um, nope. Because <laughs> uh, I heard it. Uh, you keyed up the mic for that, and that was uh, that was amazing. You, uh, you, 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 you came up off your chair at least a f- uh, quarter of an inch, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, what was I saying? Uh, oh yeah, the storytelling, everything is voice acted. So, I mean, even the notes that you see on the ground are sometimes voice acted, which is kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah okay all right hold on a second this is this this has to happen now uh apparently (laughs) yes uh all right um (coughs) (laughs) anyway uh we're slap happy at night because this is this is how this this is this is uh how this is this like is a, how this, this worked. This is how Tiltcast Classic worked. Yeah, this is how uh, Tiltcast Classic was definitely. Um, we get sidetracked so so completely. Uh, yeah, but yeah, storytelling. Jason, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Um, Jason, quit deep throwing I mean, the mic. The story. The storytelling is just. Diablo's always had decent storytelling, but the amount of the increased amount of voice acting, as well as just the, I felt like the cohesiveness of the story you were getting that you're getting from the NPCs throughout the game, uh, feels more more put together than uh three of course i mean it's not fair to compare the level of storytelling now to to two right because two was initially so long ago but and games have changed a lot since then it's just really solid um Especially for a game that, you know, you kind of half expect from past experiences to be reading most of the story, right? So, or even just just trying to piece it together as much as possible. But you don't. There wasn't a a, a good thread to follow. Um, whereas there is uh, uh, there there is NPCs that you get quests for that uh that are that's like i lost a son at this location to those damned eight-legged beasts i want you to kill every last one of them so that if their brood mother feels a modicum of a little bit of a fucking tiny tiny bit of the pain that i feel right now I want her to suffer and then I want you to rip out her heart and bring it to me <clears throat> because it's got to be a retrieval quest, right? Um, but the idea is the NPCs understand that the world is shit and 
a lot of bad is happening and they're just trying to survive it. And uh, you as a, you know, well, as the hero, right? Just happen to have enough power to go out and just, uh, you know, exact that revenge and, you know, grab the left testicle of a goat man and fucking bring it back to town or whatever, you know, whatever you need to do to complete the quest. But the, the thing is, is when you get that quest from, you know, from that guy, I'd be like, you know what, those Kazra out there, I heard that there was a potion that you could brew from the left testicle of a Kazra and you need to bring me one of those because that potion makes my dick like super fucking hard. Um, and now you have you now now you understand why you're killing a goat man. It's not just kill fifteen goat men and come back to me. You know? <laughs> There's yeah, a little bit of story quests, behind it. When they do those quests they do try to really expand on why you're doing it. <laughs> right. I'm I mean I'm pretty sure that, that quest isn't in the game, but I just I just uh I, I just became a quest a quest raider for Blizzard. <laughs> Oh boy. So well, I think you guys will hear a little bit more Diablo from us because it's literally the uh best thing since sliced bag to come to gaming, at least for this year. It's uh it's gonna it's, be something to play, you know, that we'll be playing for a while. Um I'm I mean I've gone through this you know gone through one through fifty twice now. Uh and it's I still have a lot of uh, a lot to do and in the later tiers there's extra end game shit that I haven't even touched yet. Uh so it's you know that's something that I'm going to explore with the uh with the rogue the sorcerer was not doing it for me. Um so yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh we'll be we'll be playing this for a, uh, for a minute. Yeah, there'll be other things that come up. I I still don't know exactly what, but Probably some indie games until uh, until the other big releases this year. Well, yeah, we've got... You know what? We'll talk about that in the next section. Is everybody good on Diablo? Can we take a break? Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're good. All right, guys, we'll be back. And we're back. Oh my Woo-hoo. god, we're back. Damn, Jason, you're still eating the mic. That's me too. No, I'm not. Oh Jesus. I know, right? I know, right? So I wonder if software restarted. Maybe. It's mm, I don't know. Software's great. So about six days ago we had a whole bunch of announcements, so we don't have an E3 anymore, right? No. Um, but we had the Xbox show, game showcase, right? And then we also had the uh, PC, uh, what is it, PC gaming show. And there was a decent amount of things that were shown in both um, that did look exciting. Um, trying to figure out the best way to go through this. I guess I'm going to talk about the X. Ex- now, we'll talk about the PC game show things. I think there was a 
bigger talk about Starfield and the other that will take a minute, right? Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for what we had, and now my notes are taking a fucking dump on me, um, as I restart my machine here. Whoops. Whoopsie. Did you guys watch the Space Marine stuff? Space Marine 2? Yeah, the Space Marine. Oh, yes. very good. I wish it was. I don't know, man. It's they've they desperately, desperately need to have a good track record uh, with uh, 40k games. (laughs) So this game can't that this game this game can't suck. (laughs) Well, the first one came out. I want to say actually 10 years ago. Right, but and that game still holds up now. It's all right. This this one looks good. Um, it looks like something that I you know that I give a go. It's just for every forty k game that's come out, there's been three failed forty k games. So if you look at like it's more the like last one, one that was like, really good that came out was Dark Tide. Uh, it's like one in twenty. <laughs> huh? It's almost like one in twenty sometimes. Yeah, like, it, I, it I bet really there, is. I bet there's 240k games out, and there's only about 10 or 15 that are worth a damn. Right. So, if there was two back to back, it would be fucking like, it would, it would, it would break, it would break the statistic. Uh, so, I'm rooting for it just for that. Uh, <laughs> it does look fun to play, though. Yeah, it looks I'm like, like it, you know, something I would, I'd get into. Yeah, because there's another 40k game coming out called uh, Ruin Age Warhammer Age of Sigmar Realms of Ruin, which looks like you know the Warhammer like RTS games. Well, which... Age of Sigmar is the original Warhammer. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Well, the other one's in the fantasy setting. This is not in the fantasy. It's the fantasy. It's Warhammer, not 40k. You know. Right, right, right. Age of Sigmar is Warhammer, and uh, the uh, Space Marine is 40k. It's, it's a thing. Uh, I just I recognize Sigmar as the, you know, as a deity from the uh, fantasy. Well, that's. I'm mildly pumped for that. I'll probably I may play it. I owned with the big RTS huge battle games. I I don't. I used to like those a lot, and now I don't as much. Right, um, like the fucking. <clears throat> Well, you like, know, Total War. Yeah, the like Total, War, Total War, yeah. The one that I saw that got me kind of, got got me uh, feeling funny in my pants a little bit was the Path <laughs> of Exile 2. Um, that upgraded engine looked pretty good. The PoE 2 engine does look good. Um, it's still, I, I think it's just like an upgrade into lighting. It's still very, it's, <coughs> it's not, the same level as Diablo 4, but if you compare it to the original uh, Path of Exile, there's a big jump. Yeah, I'll be interested. I mean, you know it's going to be free to play, so I might as well give it a shot, right? Right. And Well, it's going to be free to play, um, and it's probably going to be just as, if not more, um, you know, in-depth uh, as far as the the shit you can do with builds, uh, because that's their thing, 
Like I'll, I'll probably play like 20 hours of it and then finally sink my teeth into something that says, you've been doing this wrong the whole time. This is what you should be doing. Right, right. Well, from and I'll probably like some un- of the stuff, like unintentionally play the absolute worst class the absolute worst way. Oh, well, that's the other thing that, you know, that you could do is basically respect. I think they were going to make that a little bit easier to do. Um, yeah, respect before, wise. like it. I talked about it last week, but it's almost like you got to get out. You said you used a separate app to figure out your builds. Like, yep. that's how ridiculous that it can get. It's still actually installed on my computer. That's an app that I've downloaded to my computer because, it. I mean, it, that's 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 what you do. Um, uh, it's called uh, Path of Building. Uh, so if you're a you know, PoE player and you don't know about Path of Building, you know, there you go. Look for that. Um and uh yeah you can download like build templates from other people it's it's nuts um it's gonna be just as it's that's the draw to poe is the fact that the uh you know the sphere grid essentially is uh is so customizable that you can have uh you you can spend more time theory crafting builds than you do actually playing them It's uh, it's it is nuts. Um, and I'll say it's it is that is a, a fun facet to the game. Like that's one thing that I think that Diablo Four is limited in, uh, is that yeah, there's some build diversity, but it's not quite as diverse as Poe. Um, it's, it's so a, it's a good and bad thing. Yeah, it's a good thing for me. And Poe Two promises to add. You know different interactions between you know uh, your uh your skills and the skilled gems uh that's another specific thing to uh path of exile skill gems uh so those uh from what i've been able to read and this is basically just bits and pieces over the last couple of years it's it's gonna throw a couple wrenches in you know in how you think about builds, which is gonna be great. Did either so, of you guys play Frostpunk? Uh, I did, but I couldn't get myself into it. It was that that it's very much a NOS game. Um, yeah, I I've beat that six ways from Sunday. It's right. definitely the best survival building game out there. Well, the two showed more. It didn't really show the systems in play. It was just kind of a a trailer that showcased what it looked like. Um, but it, it's more Frostpunk, and I love Frostpunk. So I'll absolutely be playing that day one. Um, something else that it came out that's... Uh, I'm trying to remember what it's called, what it compares to. There's a game called uh, Nahelbuck's Dungeon Master, which, uh, was it called Dungeon Keeper? Uh, Dungeon Keeper, I recognize that, yeah. Yeah. So there's a game like in the early aughts that I played in college called Dungeon Keeper where you basically would build a dungeon and then have things come down to the dungeon so you could, like, adventurers would come in and you'd kill them and you'd steal their gold, basically, right? You'd make incredibly complex dungeons with traps and shit. They're doing the same thing with uh, Nehobuck's Dungeon Maker. And there was a game I never finished that I should have that was an RPG called, like, Dungeons of Nahobuk or something like that. I can't remember. The, the name's hard to remember. I think that's the failing on it. But the uh, the 
puns and jokes in there are absolutely great. And it just plays on all sorts of D&D tropes and all sorts of like Baldur's Gate type tropes, right? Uh, it's a party-based RPG that really plays on all of that shit. And I can't remember it, the name of it for the life of me. But it's the same crew making a Dungeon Keeper, and I can't see that being bad. Um, so I'll be checking that out, and I'll be letting you guys know once that comes out. But that was revealed at the PC Gaming Show. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I wasn't interested in that showed up as well. The only other thing that was really... Well, there might be one or two things, but the, one of the big ones was uh, Clay Games, right? People made Don't Starve. Um, have a game called Dread Pilots coming out, which kind of looks like a... It's a survival game in a spaceship um, with the same clay art style, but with a lot of interaction with NPCs. So I'm really interested to see what they end up doing with that because they haven't always hit stuff. They had this game called The Grifflands, which is an okay roguelike, but I don't like it that much. Um, I've tried to get back into it like seven times, and I just it just never lands for me. But Don't Starve was absolutely amazing, and they do great at survival games. Like Don't Starve is arguably the best balanced survival game that's out there. And it's hard as fuck, but once you get the systems, like it's got a really steep learning curve. It's it is, in my opinion, the best. So that's what they do best. I would like to see if they do something similar in space, and I'd love to see what that what that is like. Um, showed more Baldur's Gate three. We already know what's what that's about. Um, Baldur's Gate three comes out in September. I can't remember the exact date, but it's coming out in the next few months. Um. But we've already talked about that, and I've already played it, and I know it's something I want. I'm just going to wait till it's not in early access before I buy it. I want to see it actually for sure release. And then Dune Awakening is a massive multiplayer game with a lot of combat and survival mechanics. Um, I don't know how I feel about it being an MMO, and I don't have I know how I feel about it with it being from Funcom. Um, Funcom had this like weird supernatural MMO that I played for a while called I can't even remember what it's called at this point. But it was just okay, and then I sunk an unusual number of hours in a, a very okay game. But I can't think of a Funcom game. Like, Funcom also did uh, Conan, right, the MMO, which right. was also just okay. Oh, but it's, it's I didn't see for... anything else from the PC game show that really tickled my fancy. Did you see anything that I missed, Jason? Hmm... Not really that was, I don't know, I guess piqued my interest. I'm sure that there's something that, you know, that will, you know, that's just gonna, you know, pop up every, you know. You know, they also had quite a few um, announcements of games that aren't even anywhere near release, right? So. I will get a little bit of a shout out to a service I use quite often. Um Green Man Gaming um, already has Starfield keys, and if you do want to get the like five day early access for a hundred bucks on Green Man, you can get it for eighty bucks, and then if you have XB, you'll get it for like an additional six percent off. So, like you'll get it at like seventy four dollars, which is almost the price of the base game, uh, just a little bit more. So, give Green Man is literally like one of the best things out there. Like. Even unless Steam is doing Steam sales, like super deep discounts, like it's almost always cheaper on Green Man. Um, Most of the time, yeah. But you can't get refunds on it if you don't like it. But I don't do refunds enough for it to matter. Um, I've only ever refunded one game. 
One of the ones that surprised me the most out of the, like, Starfield surprised me, and I think we'll talk more about that than anything else, but I'm kind of saving that for last. Um, that Fable trailer really surprised the hell out of me. Yes, the Fable trailer was done, well done. Um, that was not It the, definitely uh, teased all of us, that's for sure. I didn't it, even realize it, it was Fable until, like, certain things with the chickens and stuff. I was like, is this Fable? And then, you know, the... Right funny vegan giant thing like the jack and the beanstalk thing they were doing at the beginning i did not realize that was fable and then you know it's saying the whole time like in-game footage in-game footage in-game footage not pre-rendered and i was like so they a they made fable look good and not they didn't use a cartoony art style right and b like the bullshit around fighting actually looked really cool and not just whimsical like the old game like i like the fable 2 is a great game or was a great game but it's old as hell now it is it's um, very old and I remember uh, the key love... to that game, man. I remember the key to that game was to become a slumlord. <laughs> Basically. Was... I'm just it was... and... I'm just super, and I'm super interested in just... it feel like a like a modern game in a way that like it takes itself seriously and it feel like you're playing a Skyrim style game. But it seems like they're leaning pretty hard into the fable side of that too. And I'm interested to see how Fable does without Peter Molyneux. And arguably, at this point, Peter Molyneux has been doing just weird-ass shit for a long time that I kind of feel like he's lost the plot. Like, I, yeah. he's he has a I, legendary designer that's just went off the rails. I'm just hoping we're not running into another Fable 3 situation. Fable 3 that's... was a weird juxtaposition between what they wanted to do and a, a more ambitious idea, and I'm pretty sure that's a Molyneux thing. Like the whole mm -hmm. kingdom management system thing at the end, like kind of ruined the game, honestly. So, like, if they do a decent narrative game, right, with good combat and good, you know, a good sense of RPG ness, I think we got a winner there. And we haven't had games like this in a long time. Like, how many times have I fucking replayed Skyrim? Because that's kind of what I'm looking for. And then there's nothing else that scratches that same itch, like, ever. Um, so. I'm glad that, like, we're going back to magic shit. Uh, because Avowed showed their trailer, and that looked pretty neat. Yes. Yes, I was about to say, but Avowed sometime in the future will be coming out. And Avowed looks just like exactly what we're looking for as far as, like, uh, a Skyrim-like. Um, oh, my God. That... Yeah, you know, that uh, that trailer just looked fucking fantastic. Like the you know the the original trailer, you know, with the uh, the arrow shot from fucking three hundred years away, uh, that was a really cool uh, trailer. But this actually shows you know a bit of the uh, the you know the actual in game you know combat, the spell casting, uh, you know, swinging freaking magic swords and fucking like yeah, I like know, creating that. fucking black holes and shit. I like the being able to see your enchanted sword first person and seeing it light right. shit on fire and things like that. Like, that looks neat. Um, and we haven't had a game like that since. Since, yeah, since, uh, since we took an arrow to the knee. Yeah, like literally. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, did you guys see the Like a Dragon uh, trailer, too? It's. With it's, him waking that's up naked on the thing. I mean, honestly, I have not really got into any of the uh, the Yakuza or so spinoffs. It's so much different than Yakuza. Yakuza has some like jokey hijinks about it, but mm -hmm. 
But Like a Dragon is just off the fucking rails, man. Um, that is, you know, when your your class is like secretary or fireman, like it gets goofy. You take like actual jobs and then turn that into a combat class. Um, and it's just yeah. goofy and I love it. Um, and of course him not it realizing he was naked on the beach is a pretty funny trailer too. Uh, but the, uh, that looked neat. I'm looking forward to some more Yakuza. Um, trying to think the Star Wars Outlaws one also looked way better than it should have. And that's an Ubisoft game. It's an open world Star Wars game, which well, me and Jason are currently let down with the performance on Jedi Survivor. And hopefully at some point we can play that and actually have fun with it. Um, Star Wars Outlaws also is a game about not being a Jedi, but being in the Star Wars universe and looks pretty fucking neat. It need yeah, it it needs a good story. It needs a good story. And it's it looks like it could be uh it it could actually take off. Because one of the things that uh that we don't have that many of is a Star Wars story that's in the Star Wars galaxy that is like, you know, that doesn't surround you with fucking lightsabers or, you know, force sensitives and fucking like, or I want to be a fucking smuggler and not see a Jedi, a Sith or anybody that can use the force really. And I want to fucking like, you know, I want to you know, do those fucking Kessel runs or, uh, or experience like, you know, some of the, you know, some of the shit, the fucking, why is this, this, you know, the, uh, you know, the hive of scum and villainy, right? Yeah. Did I make it that way? And there's not really any open world Star Wars games aside from the MMOs. So like, it'd be nice to just kind of do whatever you want. Mm Mm-hmm. And kind of make your own path with it, right? Like have a main, like Red Dead Redemption it, right? But in a Star Wars galaxy. And that's a cool idea. And I'd like to see what they do with that. And I'm hopeful. Just, you know, there wasn't shown a whole lot in the trailer as to exactly what it is. Well, they need to, you know, they need to do uh, a few things with, uh, you know, with that game. And they need to include some of the uh some of the the worlds that maybe get talked about but never really fully explored um as far as like you know show up on you know in other media like one of the biggest things for me uh back in the day when I was playing Star Wars uh Star Wars Galaxies uh was that I got to go to Corellia I don't know why that really you know, that was really the thing that I wanted to do. But to see Corellia as like the trade hub, it was really like the center of the map. Uh, you know, center of the star map for us. Uh, I'd like to see if they do a proper look on Coruscant because you never really get that as much from like what movie even had it, Jason? What, Coruscant? Yeah. It's in well, some of the outside movies, of, right? Outside, outside of, like of the, the prequels, none of them. Yeah, the prequels were the ones that showed Coruscant and anything that had to do with the Jedi Temple and the Senate room was basically all you saw. But right, you never see the basically like almost planet-sized city, right? Right. Well, there's so so you I mean, you you 
to give it a you know and i give you an idea you know the 40k fucking like hive cities like what we're doing in fucking dark tide yeah there is a whole undercity to coruscant you know all you saw in the movies was the top level and they only briefly explored that in the uh um uh, in the final season of uh, the Clone Wars animated series. Right. Like, there is full-on, like, different levels of Coruscant, and, I mean, different gangs that even, like, live in these levels uh, and control them. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, if you've got a planet-sized city, yeah, you're going to have a whole lot of territory, right? Uh, yeah, so being able to actually, like, explore even just a little bit of that, you know, and not have, not be bogged down by space magic, great. Um, I'm, I'm all for it. Give me more of what, of the magic that fucking Rogue One was. Because Rogue One was good because of, you know, because there was less space magic in it. Yeah, I'm just... I guess we'll see more as that comes out. Did we even get a release date on that? Nah, I don't think so. Just it was 2024. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. The only other thing before we get to the biggest reveal was the uh, Hellblade 2. It didn't really show anything more about what it is, but I'm down to play it. I fucking love one. Um, And it looked like they were playing everything as being very... Uh, very much low HUD, right? Like everything's just kind of immersive, and I like that uh, for that game because it just it's a very immersive game, especially VR. I've tried playing it in VR; it's pretty difficult to play in VR, as it is extremely uh, immersive. Yeah, I, I I played the a little bit of the first one in VR, uh, and it gets honestly, to be a lot. <laughs> it, it does, especially when you've got the fuck you know, the headset, the voices, uh, and, and it's. Yeah, the voices are like talking to you. It, it's it is rather immersive because uh, the voices would be like he's right behind you, and of course you whip around and he is actually right behind you. Um, <laughs> it, it can get pretty crazy, um, but yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to you know Hellblade two. That one's you know that one got me from the very first trailer because you know music. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, just on a side note, how long is on tour again? Right. I mean, uh, in the U.S. and I highly recommend it. It's you don't have. It's not a metalhead thing. It is a. It's just an experience. But anywho, um, the big reveal that kind of flabbergasted everybody because a lot of people thought they were going to see a Starfield trailer. Like I had a forty-five minutes worth of commentary over gameplay. Uh, which was nuts. A, That's... it looks great. B, they still have, they kind of, you know, I, I see the wooden face syndrome thing going on. But C, um, it's initially came across as like being No Man's Sky. And then you realize like, no, it's like if No Man's Sky was an RPG. Right. And had characters that didn't interact in gibberish. And had like way more focused and pointed quests and skill systems. 
and had a lot more interactive interactivity with the world. And then having the comments that like parts of the worlds are, are, you know, like some of these worlds are going to be barren and lifeless and those are material gathering worlds. But they took time to take sections of those planets that aren't, you know, kind of random gen to make them like custom experiences, which I thought was a good mix between the two, right? You can land anywhere on this planet, but only in these certain spots on the planets are the places where they crafted levels. Everything else is going to be, you know, kind of like pre-gen or, you know, random gen, which I thought was a cool idea. Like it has the exploration aspects of like No Man's Sky, but then it has a whole like quest system and characters that interact with you and, you know, like a party that you can build and the whole starship building thing. Like I was looking forward to that, but like the level of detail of how it connects all those modules together to build whatever shape you want. The fact that different modules with different brands have different aesthetics. Mm -hmm. Like the, uh, you know, you're starting off in this little pod and then you can build it up to be a fucking smuggling ship or build it into some kind of like fighter or build it into some kind of like capital ship or, you know, trading vessel. The fact that you can have more than one vessel, the fact that you can like board other ships in space and then take over that ship. Or that the, got me. The, uh, that was all about the pirate. The part where you can target different weapon systems on the ships or the part that's like old wing commander where you redistribute your power levels or like elite dangerous when you're dogfighting. Like mm-hmm. all of those little things and coming together and all those little systems is just like it's the ultimate space game. It's the space I think game that's that what I, they, were, uh, they were aiming for. And it's, that's... It's got Bethesda notes, but it's like all the cool shit about Elite Dangerous plus all the cool shit that they're promising with uh, what's what's the wing command what's the game that's been in development Star for, Citizen it's like Star Citizen certainly looks better but it's still fucking broken and this is kind of what Star Citizen kind of wants to be but more freeform but then you got this whole focused narrative that's behind everything why you've got the open ended shit like I'm really looking forward to this yeah, and it looked, the, they did so much footage on purpose, and then all the different weapon systems, all the different ways that you can change attributes of your weapons, the whole thing where if you shoot bullets in zero-G, you move back. Like, it encourages to use energy weapons in zero-G. Um, like, all those little physics systems in play, like, there's some people griping about, so there, there's a 30 FPS cap on the new Xbox, right? And mm-hmm. they explained it as... The same thing I've been explaining about their engine forever. Every item and object in the world is interactable, and it keeps track of where all that shit is. And it's not a multiplayer game. It's a single-player experience, which is also fucking cool. Right. Um, But, yeah, like, you know, all of us hogs over here with our big-ass cards. The lowest-level card we have in this crew is a 3080, so, like, we're fine. Right. Um. I'm really, really, really looking forward to this. I can't like, wait. It's this a year is... that we get Diablo 4 and a a Bethesda game that's been delayed by almost a year because they've, you know, they have the entire QA team on this. <laughs> like there's been jokes they going to. around. They've been jokes around around the internet. This is why Red, Redfall failed because all of the QA was working on Starfield. It was. <laughs> I mean,. No, Red, there's a whole slew of reasons why Redfall's bad. Even the dev team thought it was going to be a flop. Um, right. 
So it was a game that they hoped wouldn't come out, and then it did come out when they transitioned the studio over to Bethesda. Um, like half the team quit before the game was finished. Um, so at least we played that on, on Game Pass and firmly deleted it off our hard drives. But um, <laughs> Starfield looks yeah. promising. Like I know there's some hype. I know there's going to be some letdowns. I've prepared myself for that. I'm sure day one is going to be a little rough, and early access is going to be a little bit rough. If they can deliver on 60% of what they offered in the trailers, and I say the trailers, like the expose that they gave, I'm super fucking hyped, man. This is a game. This is a game style I've been looking forward to forever. It's it's the thing when I was watching this, uh, I mean, it was 45 minutes long, like you said. Like sitting there watching this, it felt kind of like it was okay. So this was revealed in a similar way to an Apple reveal. Um, it's it's like and this feature and this feature and then this feature and then this feature is so i was uh when i was watching this i'm like oh this is you know this is kind of cool if if it works and then you know some of the uh some of the montages they were putting together i'm like okay i'm gonna take a trip in the you know in the wayback machine and go back to when i was watching the a similar expose for uh, uh, for a little game we know and have mentioned before, um, uh, No Man's Sky, and there's some direct comparisons that you can make between uh, Starfield and the No Man's Sky trailer. Like, I think they were intentional, but there there is a uh, like a long necked you know, uh, you know, like sauropod style, fucking like dinosaur, like looking thing. And if you remember the original, uh, no man's sky trailer also had a long neck sauropod, you know, and then we got dinosaur looking thing. Yeah. And then what everybody ended up getting is these little like dog sized creatures that look like they're created by AI. And uh, initially well, that's because they were, and they've got m- mouths where their anus is supposed to be. So it's, it's just, it, it was, it looked wrong <laughs> or, or, uh, or you ended up with the fucking like, uh, you know, the, the mushroom stamp people. Uh, oh yeah. The uh, dick people. The, the, yes. The, 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 the dick monsters that was, uh, that was on, uh, uh, Dick Island, the, uh, the planet. Um, I, didn't name a planet, you know. Uh, <laughs> I didn't name him uh, a planet. Uh, uh, Dick Island, uh, Johnsonville. Oh, okay. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> so when I find Johnsonville, it was not Rusty that made it. No, it it definitely was not me. Um, uh, <laughs> this planet was completely full of walking, uh, hopping dicks. Um, <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, but yeah, uh, the from what we've seen so far, it looks great, uh, and I'm down for this uh, for the exploration. I'm down for you know having access to some you know, rather large lived-in see you know you know uh, cities, having a uh, direction in a space game is you know will be a a real nice feature because if you think about it 
No, uh, no man's sky. There's really not a whole lot of direction there, right? It's, it's same like with issue. elite dangerous outside contracts, right? You know, elite dangerous is like here's the universe or here's the galaxy. Go fuck yourself. Um, you know, you're going to fucking suck vacuum real quick. Um, you know, and you know, Eve Online is like you suck vacuum before you actually get to play games. So, uh. <laughs> Well, you know, the nice thing is, is that so like that little window is going to have a lot going on because you're going to have Baldur's Gate that releases in August and then September 6th, you're going to have Starfield release, which if you have Game Pass, you can play it. Um, I mean, that's how we're all playing it. Yeah, and, well, we're, we're and it'll be the first be thing it. that it'll be the first really big exclusive that Xbox has over PlayStation. Which is also a pretty big deal. Um, it's not that we're comparing them. Nuts that it's going to be on Game Pass. It's yeah. just that's. I will probably. I'll, I'll probably buy this because I'm going to want to mod it. Well, yeah. Uh, I'm Jason sure that there's going to be Game stuff Pass that you're going to want to. And if he doesn't have, you know, if for one reason or another he's not able to buy it, like he's able to play it on freaking Game Pass and. That being a home studio exclusive, like it's going to stay on Game Pass, you know? Right, right. Yep. It just won't be able to... You can kind of mod stuff on Game Pass. It's really fucking weird to, how to do it, though. It <clears throat> That really comes down to the developer um, and how they set up the game. Like, I was actually able to mod MechWarrior 5 fairly easily. Oh, that's good. Cool. Um, well, it depends on like how protected the folder is when you're trying to mess yeah. with stuff. The Game Pass does this weird thing where it puts it in a weird folder. Um, well, also the again that depends on the developer too. You know, some of them like those those folders like go under your documents, um, where others it stays in that weird Game Pass folder that's like an app data folder that's protected. So I, know, it just depends. I don't really have any more thoughts on Starfield at the moment, but it's something I definitely wanted to say that like, I can tell you this table is looking forward to it. I completely forgot to talk about Phantom Liberty that's coming out here soon too, which looks awesome as well, but. Oh, and everything for that looks great. Did you see that's actually increasing the PC requirements? Yeah, well, we're all still good, though. Well, yeah, except they're saying recommended, like, minimum, uh, uh, or the recommended uh, CPUs for this thing are, are 1,200 series CPUs, 7,000 series AMD CPUs. Well, then. We'll be fine. They're just, they're just going to need to uh, also... Uh, help me with uh, pumping the fucking heat out of the, you know, the little room that I'm in because, oh my God, the heat sinks in here are terrible. Well, the crazy thing is that comes out 20 days after um, Starfield. Like, I almost wish they would delay it by a month. Right. Uh, it will be delayed by a month. You think so? No, it's just going to be delayed. It's just going to end up sitting on the shelf until I'm done with Starfield. Right. I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, between <laughs> Baldur's Gate coming out like a week before Starfield comes out. Uh, 
I'm going to end up playing a Baldur's Gate 2. Um, it'll give know, me a palate cleanse. It'll be a palate cleanse. I'll probably bounce back and forth, but I hate it when like huge games come out right next to each other like that. Well, it gives you a little bit of option, but uh, yeah, for for trying to get through a game and talk about it, it sucks. But it literally comes out like if you get the pre-order of Starfield, they basically come out within a day of each other. Well, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked. Why would you? Why, why would you pre-order Starfield if you if you can get it on Game Pass? I mean, I get outside of the fact later. that you get to play it uh, a week in advance. That's true. Yeah. So well, I don't have much else to add. Do you guys have anything else to add for today? Oh no, I'm, I'm not for today, man. I'm pretty much tapped. I'm I'm very done. I'm I am so done right now. I am the done. All right, y'all. Jason, well, where can you find all right. us? Well, find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com/tiltcast. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash TiltCast and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find some friends of the show. You got For the Love of Gaming. You've got bmfcast.com, noquarters.net, Picking Up the Pixels or Pupcast, and tvgp.tv. They also play Diablo. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. All right. Peace. Peace.